Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The smart beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com hill varsity club is opening in omaha this may and is hiring for all hospitality positions do you love elevated food exciting events and having fun at work join our team by applying today at hillvarsityclub.com hill varsity club will feature a next level mix of classic sports bar favorites and contemporary creations with indoor and outdoor seating and memorable live events like live music and sports watch parties We can't wait to grab a burger and a beer HVC this May. Apply for all front or back of house positions now at HailVarsityClub.com. Welcome to Meathead Test Kitchen, where food and fitness come to hang out. Nutrition, training, and life. It's all fair game on Meathead Test Kitchen. Welcome to Meathead Test Kitchen, a podcast where food and fitness come to hang out. I'm Sasha. I'm Sadie. Uh, Spring is here. We've been talking about it a lot lately. (laughs) I'm wondering if it really is or if that was fake spring in Nebraska. Faux Um, spring. We got, I think we got punked by mother nature. My God. I I wake up and the sun's out and it's freaking cold. Yeah. It was what? 34 degrees. It it had a wind chill yesterday. It's April and we had wind chill. What is this noise? Nebra- I mean, it's the Midwest. <laughs> the Midwest is beautiful in the way that one day you could have a blizzard and the next day you could have a tornado. <laughs> or 70 degrees and balmy and amazing. Yeah. Um, this week, in light of whatever season we are actually in, <laughs> we're going to talk about functional fitness because a lot of people on the internet don't really know what it is. I think typically when people think functional fitness, they think like being able to lift that bag of dog food in the back into the back of your car or something like that. I mean, yeah. Which in a way it is, but yeah. like the actual nitty gritty of it is a lot more expansive than that. So we're going to discuss fun- functional functional fitness <laughs> by definition, why it's good for you, fitnessing outdoors and some examples of outdoor workouts that you can rock in the spring and the summer. I mean, yeah, it's going to be super nice out very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talk a lot about CrossFit. We talk a lot about Olympic weightlifting. There's a lot, like just... I. I spent a lot of time on Reddit on message boards yeah, yeah. and um, the people of Reddit on message boards have a lot of confusion when it comes to the nomenclature of certain like modalities of fitness and functional fitness seems to be one of the biggest like gray areas for yeah. people. They're like, okay, so is CrossFit functional fitness is functional fitness CrossFit. We're going to talk about that in a mm-hmm. minute. Um, Functional fitness, by definition, is exercises that train your muscles to work together and prepare them for daily tasks by simulating common movements that you might do at home, um, mm-hmm. at work, 
or in sports. So functional fitness is going to also focus on your core stability by using multiple muscles in the upper and lower body at the same time. Mm -hmm. You're going to get the most bang for your buck because you are working those complex movements all at once. Yes. Um, And it's, I mean, it is functional. It is supposed to help you lift that bag of dog food into your car. It's that's the beauty of fitness. Fitness makes you more useful. Um, yeah. we've had that conversation before. <laughs> like it just makes you more useful. You can carry those 20 bags of groceries up the stairs in one trip versus oh, yeah. five, you know, you don't need a curl bar. Just go to the grocery store. I just about stabbed you in the face. I've got so excited about it. <laughs> there are five types of functional. That's training. a first. I've never had someone be so excited. They've almost stabbed me before. <laughs> And scene. That's all you get today, <laughs> folks. Um, there are five types of functional fitness. There's core stabilization, uh, stabilization, excuse me. That's not even a word, I don't think. Biometrics, isometric exercises, metabolic training, and unilateral training. So core stabilization is exactly what it sounds like. Working on strengthening your core yep. to keep you more balanced. And more upright. Yes. And your core, in any movement that you're doing fitness-wise, is being utilized. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, people, people focus on core movements a lot, but mm-hmm. if you're doing things right, everything should be a core movement. We've mentioned right. that before. Yeah. And you can add core to your accessory movements. Totally cool. But realize that you are always using your core for in some way, shape or fashion. A strong core is going to protect your spine. It yeah. reduces back pain and enhances movement patterns, improves balance, stability, and your posture. Like I actually have noticed that quite a bit since like beginning my fitness journey. Like I used to sit like this uh-huh. all the time, and now it's like I used to I just be a naturally sit like this all the time. Yep. Which is, I literally just realized that as I was reading that. <laughs> yeah, that's your muscles don't know. That's the weird thing. Like your muscles are configured how they're configured. Mm-hmm. That that's always going to be the same. But a lot of people don't realize how imbalanced their muscles are just mm-hmm. at rest. So, like for me, I have giant boobs. They used to be bigger. And I used to do this all the time because I had like 12 pounds of weight on the front of Mm -hmm. me and my back, my upper and lower back, neither of them knew what to do. My shoulders were always rounded. Mm -hmm. I always like, I looked like I was five, four. I'm five, ten. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so like that helps a lot. Your muscles just don't know how to hold you properly upright because it takes work. Right. Like you don't think about it, but your muscles are working while you're sitting in a chair. Yes. Exactly. So you have to get those imbalances out of the way and then, yeah. Yeah. Um, there, there are like several different examples of these types of movements. So like BOSU bird dogs, like a BOSU ball and you're doing bird dogs on them. Um, uh, supine toe taps, marching hip bridges. I really like those yes, actually. Those are and one. side planks with shoulder rotation. And we can link some of these movements in the show notes at meatheadtestkitchen.com along with this episode. But those are just some examples of what we're talking about with core stabilization exercises. The BOSU ball is a very, very expensive piece of equipment for some people because like just the BOSU I think is a base level is like 150 yeah. bucks. Um, but it's super useful. You can use it for a lot of things mm-hmm. and it is great for balance. If you have crappy balance, get a BOSU ball and you oh, will yeah. have not crappy balance after like two weeks yeah because that thing like one misstep and if you're doing a push-up on a bosu ball and you're not locked in and you're not fully engaged you can tilt and boom your face is going into the floor (laughs) it doesn't feel good i've i've stuck a chin in the bottom of a bosu ball before it sucks i don't recommend it 
learn from my mistakes. <laughs> um, another version is plyometrics, which AKA jump training. Um, it's got the goal of exerting maximum force in a short amount of time, which is going to translate to more power. It's going to make you more explosive. Um, plyo are exercises that involve a jumping or explosive movement. So for example, skipping, bounding, jumping rope, hopping, lunges, jump squats, clap push-ups. Those are all plyometric exercises. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of Olympic weightlifters do a lot of plyo, a lot of crossfisters. Crossfisters. Wow, we just created a whole subset of fucking <laughs> fitness people right there. You know what? There might be crossfisters. Hey, this is an adult podcast. We're going to talk about it. No, we're not. I don't even know what the fuck that means. <laughs> Um, but CrossFitters and Olympic weightlifters, they do a lot of plyo because it does make you explosive. And Mm -hmm. especially when you are doing those Olympic lifts, if you've got a front squat or, you know, a front squat or just a front rack hold that you're getting ready to push into a clean and jerk, Mm -hmm. you've got that clean at, I don't know, 150, 135, whatever. It doesn't matter what the weight is. You need that explosiveness to make that transfer. And um, plyo is also great for training, uh, for running of any kind, yes. because some, in certain aspects of running, you're going to want that explosiveness, but practicing those plyometrics, um, and just those explosive movements, I think helps overall fitness. It does. It does. It helps. Um, it has a lot to do with muscle cues. And mm-hmm. I didn't know about this until, uh, one of my personal trainers told me about this Josue. He's awesome. He is the biggest fitness bookworm. I know bigger than myself. Like that guy's <laughs> read way more books than I have, but he told me that, there's like some sort of a mechanism in your brain and in your muscles that when you do plyo training, uh, when you do box jumps, he really is like, do the emphasis on slamming your feet into the box when you do the box jump, because that's some kind of a cue when you're weightlifting to help make sure right. that you get that good, that good push through or that good contact. You're getting your whole feet on the floor. Plyo is great for that stuff. Yeah. Um, it's also, we're going to go back to running. It's good because it helps put impact on your joints and yep. when you're running, you you have never ending impact on your joints. Yep. So you need to get your your hips, your knees, your ankles. They all need to be used to it. And plyo is great for that. Absolutely. Isometric work is good if you're looking for simple techniques to build some muscle. Iso exercises are all about the contraction of certain muscle groups. And because they're all done in one position without moving, they improve strength in only one specific position. So it's also referred to as static strength training. Examples of these movements would be like planks, side bridges, wall sits, and most of your yoga poses are going to be iso static strength training. Um, These movements don't include movement. (laughs) So using the word movements, I guess it'd be more of a hold. Um, They're, they're all in held positions. Poses. It's yeah. You're static holding a pose. Yeah. Yeah. They, they are good for, if you are weak in a certain position in a lift or just in general, if you have a lot of problems with your shoulders, you can do some yoga that will help troubleshoot that. If you've got leg issues, you can do, there are a million different yoga poses that you can oh, yeah. do to help your legs, your hips, your ankles, your calves. Like, And there's a, a ton of, if you're not into like specifically yoga, mobility training kind of is an enhanced version of yoga in that it's, it, it's more difficult, mm-hmm. but it really, really strengthens or stretches out those areas and puts pressure on the joints. And not in a bad way. The only way to really get your joints and those muscle groups that get really tight to be worked out is what I like to say, is to do those static like holds. If they're painful, don't, you know, you want to ease into them. Yes. But with mobility training, it really concentrates on stretching those out so that they don't 
So they perform better and they don't get as tight over time. Yeah. It's, it's one way to help you, especially with your joints. Your joints don't mm-hmm. know how to move unless you kind of train them how to move. Yep. So if you are a little stiff right now, um, mobility training is good. I saw somebody call it yoga for douchebags the other day. That's not fair. <laughs> mobility training is, is not yoga for douchebags. It is difficult. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's it's necessary. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you want your, your fitness to be at a decent level mm-hmm. and you don't want to feel like a bag of dicks all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> absolutely necessary to your training regimen. Uh, metabolic training or Metcons is another version. And we talked about that a little bit last week. Uh, they maximize calorie burn, increase your metabolic rate during and after a workout. Um, episode 36 last week, we talked more about Metcons, but if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, Metcons are basically, we call it cardio weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Um, you are doing a set of work for sometimes quality, sometimes time, sometimes max effort. It just depends on the situation. Um, you will have X movements for this time, and then you take a break until you're ready to, to do the movement again with good form. And full range of motion. Yes. That is the biggest part of metconning. If you can't do it with good form and good range of motion, call it for the day because you don't want to hurt yourself. Or bring your weight down. Yeah. Because you're probably unable to when you're, well, like you said, it's it's cardio weightlifting. So you're doing a lot, typically a lot more reps. So you want your weight to be a little less anyway. Mm-hmm. But you're doing it also over a sustained period of time. Yeah. And it gets heavy really quick. So that quality of movement is super important. Everything you should focus on quality of movement, but especially when you're working under, under timed conditions with a load is really when you need to be on point with your movements. You should always be on point with your movements, but especially when you're doing a Metcon. Yeah. You can get injured pretty quick if if you're, if you're not paying attention to that. Um, Unilateral training is all about working one limb at a time. Um, We really love this because it makes you uh, literally more balanced as an athlete. So like for me personally, my, it's weird, it's opposite. So my left arm is more, I guess, stronger than my right arm and my right leg is stronger than my left leg. (laughs) So I'm all out of whack. Um, So unilateral training is really important for me specifically because I want to be better at all of my training across the board. And the only way to do that is to be balanced. And this helps balance you out. Unilateral upper body exercises, Um, examples would be like single arm lateral raises or shoulder presses, um, single arm chest press and rows, anything that is only moving one limb at a time. Unilateral lower body would be like pistol squats, weighted or unweighted box step-ups and lunges forward, back, side. Yeah. Unilateral training was a game changer for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't realize how out of balance I was in my lifts until we started doing it. And it's like, wow, damn. Yeah, (laughs) I was really off balance. Like you look at how you line up in a squat and one of your feet will be forward or one of your shoulders is higher and you can't bar is a little cockeyed. It usually means that there's an imbalance on one side or the other. Yeah. So if you're if you're looking a little funky on one side versus the other in a workout, maybe some unilateral training is in order for you to even back out. Highly recommended. Like changed the entire game for me as a weightlifter. Yeah. Uh, so is CrossFit functional fitness, are they the same thing? It's kind of like last week is hit a Metcon, is a Metcon hit. They're not the same thing. CrossFit does use functional fitness methods, but mm-hmm. that's about where the Venn diagram ends. Yeah. Um, functional fitness actually came from the CrossFit movement, but it's based on the concept of moving away from machines that simulate exercise towards movements that use your entire body. So right. instead of using a treadmill, they're like, fuck it, go run. Right. Right. <laughs> 
instead of using a leg press, you're you're doing deadlifts or you're doing squats yeah. with a bar, yeah, or dumbbells, whatever works for you. Um, if you want to learn more about functional fit- fitness, we highly recommend checking out the book "Becoming a Supple Leopard." I have not read this yet, but I really, really need to, and I know that you stand by it. It like, is one hundred percent one of the few things that Jillian Michaels and I actually agree upon. That is a fantastic book, um, especially. I mean, everything about it. Um, it's super, super detailed. You do have to have at least a base level knowledge of how your body works before you read it. Otherwise you will be hella confused. Um, but it talks a lot about energy leaks in your body, how to move more efficiently. So you're not leaking energy within your body. Um, they have an entire glossary of, uh, functional movements. They also have an entire glossary of like mobility movements. Mm Um, so it's, it's a really great resource. I think you can find a new copy for like 30 or 40 bucks. You can find a used copy on eBay for less. Um, but becoming a supple leopard, great book. If you are just getting into weightlifting, highly recommend. Um, it will explain a lot of things, probably over explain a lot of things, but that's my kind of jam. So, I mean, I'd rather know how to do it too well than not well enough. Um, and that book is a fantastic resource. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, We talk a lot about taking care of your brain muscle here on MTK, and we would like to talk a little bit more about how BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P, can help you if you're looking for counseling online. It's super convenient. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. It's amazing. I've signed up for it myself. Um, I think that it's super important, especially given the things that we've all had to deal with in the last year to address some of your issues if you're having some. Um, And BetterHelp can definitely assist you with that. Um, You can log on to your account at any time and send a message to your counselor. You get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule a weekly video or phone session so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. No one likes those. Um, waiting for traditional therapy. BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P, is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if the one that you found just isn't working out for you. Uh, we've talked about that before, too. Finding the right counselor that fits for you to be comfortable with, to talk to, um, and talk through some things, it's super important. It's also more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is also available. BetterHelp wants to help you start living a happier life today. You can visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. That's www.betterhelp.com slash reviews. And today you can visit betterhelp.com, that's H-E-L-P, slash M-T-K, um, and you'll get a special offer just by being a listener of Meathead Test Kitchen. You get 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com slash MTK. So if you're in need of a counselor and are seeking professional help, please check out betterhelp, that's H-E-L-P.com slash MTK, and get 10% off of your first month today. So we're talking a lot about functional fitness today. Why is it so good for you? Um, well, it uses your body more effectively. Uh, it uses compound movements, which engages all parts of your body with more efficiency. And who doesn't love, I have a, I have such a boner for efficiency. I love efficiency. <laughs> efficiency is one of my favorite things in life. So why wouldn't you want to move more efficiently, you know? Right. Functional movements, they aren't isolated exercises like a bicep curl where you'd only be working your arm. It will be an entire body movement. So it could be a sled drag. It could be... It could be a bear crawl. It could be a multitude of things. Right. Jump rope. 
Yeah, jump roping. Um, It increases your coordination and balance. Since functional fitness promotes using your own body weight to perform a range of movements, your body becomes more stable as it works against external forces because there's nothing that's going to catch you if you lose your balance. You, your body has to catch you. Yeah. I mean, balance, (laughs) balance is a big thing too. I've, I've met so many people that have bad balance just because they don't know how to move properly. Mm -hmm. Learning how to move your body properly is, we've said it before, but it is a game changer. It changes everything. You, you know how to move better. You know how to move without injury. You know how to move to prevent injury. You know how to take care of something if it feels like shit. Right. Like that was one thing I was going to bring up is like, you know what your body cues are. Like, I have a tick in my shoulder sometimes. Usually that means I just need to roll it out. It's just a little tight. Mm-hmm. But before, if that if it was at the beginning, I would have freaked out and be like, oh Lord, I tore a ligament or something. But like, you know, because you know how to listen to your body a little bit better. You know what your body's cues are. Yeah, like I've got this angry peck right now, like right there. And I mm-hmm. do want to, it's better today, but I didn't work out yesterday. Today I'm going to come out here and I'll band it out a couple of rounds before I actually, mm-hmm. it's just listen to your body. Your body still wants to move. Even if it, if it does feel really shitty, don't, don't push it. Right. But if it's just like a little tick yeah, or a little tightness, I could move today. That's not terrible. Then just go stretch it out, get it warm and you'll be fine. Yeah. Just don't do that movement again that aggravated it in the first place. If you, if you pissed off your upper body, do a leg day. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Vice versa. Um, functional fitness is going to prevent injury and who doesn't want that? I mean, let's be honest. Nobody has the time to be injured. Nobody has the money to be injured. <laughs> Going to the hospital is fucking expensive yeah. these days. You want to avoid it as much as humanly possible. Functional movements help keep your joints active and stable. And that's good news for all of us because nobody wants shitty knees by the time they get to 35. Right. Or back or tennis elbow by the time you're 40 or any of that. If you're using good technique, using your own body for stabilization and incorporating joint strengthening exercises into your workouts, you can work on injury-prone areas to help withstand more high-impact movements. Mm -hmm. So I've got crappy knees. I've got shitty knees and ankles. I played competitive basketball from third grade up till high school. So my ankles, and your ankles aren't supposed to bend like this, My both of my ankles. I can stand on the sides of my feet. Yeah, Um, That's how lax my ankles are. My knees are just as crappy. So guess what I had to do a lot of? A lot of mobility training for my ankles, a lot of mobility training for my knees, a lot of actually PT. I did a lot of PT work for my knees and my ankles at first because uh, if you don't have really good ankle mobility and you're trying to do an astrograss squat, it's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Really, it is. It's impossible. You just don't have the movement or the flexibility in that area to be able to do it correctly. Yeah. And you wouldn't think you'd need ankle flexibility to be able to do a squat, which requires your hamstrings, your quad, your, your quads, your back, your knees, but you do because it's all a system. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, functional fitness is also going to strengthen your core. Um, you use your core for everything. We talk about it all the time. I think it's really important to always reiterate though, because people don't think about it Mm -hmm. nine times out of 10, before you start doing a movement, you need to engage your core. If you are doing barbell curls, you need to engage your core. Mm -hmm. It's going to help prevent your back from hurting when you're doing that. You should not ever be hoisting it up by hinging in any way. 
Yeah, no movement. <laughs> any movement that you're doing should never look like that, with the exception of if you're doing like GHD work where you've right. got the pad here and yes. you're you're moving at your hips. Right. Your back should never be doing this. You know what? In the middle that? of a workout. Core stability. Yeah, you <laughs> don't want to wear a weightlifting belt. Just work on your core stability. You yeah. don't need a weightlifting belts. People think that weightlifting belts actually do something. All weightlifting belts do is remind you to brace your core. Yep. That's it's literally all they're a, there for. Um, a mind core correlation. Yeah. That's all it's for. It it helps me when I'm starting to go up in weights for back squats that I need to probably breathe a little deeper if I'm not if it's not engaged enough. But um like we I just like to bring that up like honestly I feel like it should go on your bingo card. Engage your core. <laughs> core everything, stability yeah. is it's, it's used for everything. Um Obviously, it's going to keep you stable, but it's also going to protect your organs and central nervous system and, again, reduces back pain. Yeah, when it comes to a belt, I usually only wear it when I do, like, overhead presses and deadlifts at this point just to really remind me to keep my back straight because Mm -hmm. you don't want any spinal movement. When you've got weight overhead, your spine moves, that weight's probably coming down on you. You don't want to hunch over when you're doing a deadlift because, hi, that's how you blow out a fucking disc in your back. Like... Uh, having disc surgery is really expensive. Yeah. Um, so if you are lifting weights and you wear a belt, make sure that you are still bracing your core because that belt actually isn't doing anything. Right. It's literally just a mind body connect, like reminder. It's like tying a string around your finger. Yeah. It's a cue. Yeah. So it improves your posture. We've talked about that a little bit, which is also going to reduce your back pain. I kissed back pain goodbye completely once I had a stable core and good posture. Um, I was to the point where I was like 200 pounds at one point. I had, my boobs were huge and I was ready to just like have them taken off because it was causing me so much back and shoulder Mm -hmm. pain. And we got into the gym and both of my trainers were like, yeah, those will go away and that won't feel so terrible. We promise. And sure as shit, it did. It took like a year. It took an entire year to get my back and core that strong so that I didn't have that hunch. Mm -hmm. And like every day I used to lay in bed and I'd have to lay on my side because my back hurt so bad from, and I know a lot of ladies can relate to that lift weights. Yes. Lift weights. Because if you're lifting weights, again, it's not always the goal, but you might lose some weight in the process. And a lot of ladies hold fat in their boobs. Yeah. It's so if you want to get rid of your boobs. fat tissue. Yeah. That's what your boobs are. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they are. Fatty fun bag. Yeah. <laughs> that's all your boobs are. And like, I don't know, that stuff that yeah. isn't squishy in boobs. Right. Ducts. Yeah. Is that what they're called? I don't know. Uh, Something like that. Anatomy and physiology yeah. with me, Hentess Kitchen. Hello. All about boobs. That should probably be an episode we talk about too. Um, but getting your posture in place is such a game changer. Uh, functional training will help you keep your back muscles, spinal cord, we said, supported and stable, which is all good things because nobody has time for back pain or back surgery or back braces or any of those things. Yeah. Matters of the back are very complex, yes. very expensive, and usually require more than one method of treatment to actually take care of the problem. Or the problem may never get taken care of. Exactly. And it might always be there. But um, functional fitness is also going to make you faster. If you want to train for the zombie apocalypse, zombie training, or functional, zombie training. Yes. You know what? It's not functional fitness training. We're just going to call it zombie training. It's functional fitness. Uh, But it's actually zombie training. Um, (laughs) This is going to be your jam. You can gain more explosiveness, muscle control, and agility. Yeah. Cardio. Rule number one in the zombie apocalypse from the movie Zombieland, if you've never seen it, is cardio. Rule number two should be do your bicep curls. Yes. (laughs) Um, It also makes you more flexible. That, again, leads back to avoiding injury. Everybody wants to avoid injury, but also just feeling better. When Mm -hmm. you have a full range of motion, you don't have those annoying aches and pains anymore. When you're flexible 
and your body knows how to like actually move and mm-hmm. is used to moving, you can sleep on your arm like this all night and it doesn't hurt because I that's mean, exactly how I sleep. Actually. I know. I'm so not do I. even kidding. I do like do. this and like a teapot on the other um, side. I'm yeah, one of crazy. these where you throw the light. There's usually a cat or four there too. So I just sleep around them at this point, but you won't have those annoying aches and pains and functional training uses a ton of movements that require yeah. you to be flexible and have good mobility. Being flexible is great because you don't hurt ever, yeah. ever. Yeah. Like you'll have some muscle soreness, but like you're not going to like sit up or stand up out of a chair and be like, oh shit, I oh pulled something. Yeah. Right. Um, when we talk about functional fitness, we are always going to have to give a shout out to some of our favorite outdoor methods of staying fit. I love when the weather gets warmer because I love being outside. And who doesn't want to enjoy life and fitness outside? Right. In the sunshine. It's the best of both worlds. Yes. Hiking is something... I really like in certain situations. If we're just doing like a hike through the forest, I'm cool with that. If you're hiking a mountain, I'm probably not into it because I'm uncoordinated and my dumb ass will fall off the mountain. <laughs> uh, Phil took some friends to hike El Yunque when we lived in PR. And he's like, I'm really glad you didn't go because you would have hated it. A, because I don't like heights. Yeah. B, because there were like no guardrails. And some of the, like they went on a really cool, they went to the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. So they went up and took all the pictures and all that stuff. And Phil's like, you would have hated it you would have turned around and gone back after halfway because there's no handrails. Like, if you take a wrong step, you could slide off the front of the fucking mountain. (laughs) Like, if you're going hiking through a forest, call me. If you're (laughs) not, don't call me. (laughs) I'll come pick you up. Um, Just make sure that if you are hiking, you're using well-marked trails or that you have a map just in case because no one wants to get lost in the middle of the forest. No. Um, Especially in the spring and summer when we have severe weather, you really want to make sure that you're keeping account of everything that's going on because Mother Nature always wins. Yes. (laughs) Mother Nature always wins. Always. The fact. Um, In Nebraska, we have a ton of awesome hiking trails that come to mind. Tram State Park in Gretna. There's the Keystone Trail. That's right over here, actually. Mm -hmm. That's in the middle of Omaha. Ponca State Park. Fort Robinson State Park, to name a few. If you're in Iowa, there's also a multitude of great hiking trails there. Kansas. I mean, we have no no shortage of great nature where we are. Absolutely. So enjoy it. Yes. If you can, like, get out and enjoy it. They. The scenery is amazing and beautiful too. Um, another thing that we like to do with paddle boarding, this does require some extra equipment, uh, but you can find pretty reasonably priced um, paddle board for a couple hundred bucks. There are also some places in Omaha that you can rent gear from. And mm-hmm. um, I don't, I'm not sure what the fees are, but you can Google it and a whole list of them comes up. Um, paddle boarding requires a ton of balance and muscle control. It can be frustrating at first. Yeah. I can't attest to that. Um, but once you get the hang of it, it's one of the best ways to take in mother nature's beauty. You're also on the water and you're also getting a good workout. It's like yoga on a surfboard is how yeah. I tried to explain it to people. Um, we have a lot of friends that paddleboard back in PR and it's super difficult. Mm-hmm. I've tried it twice and I fell off both times and I'm not a super strong swimmer, so I don't always do a lot of the ocean activities cause I get paranoid, but, mm-hmm. um, we had a lot of friends that would paddleboard in the, the, uh, lagoon in Condado and it is some of the most beautiful shit I've ever seen. Yeah. So it's this protected lagoon and then you've got the strip of hotels and all of the great architecture and all of that jazz. And then you've got old San Juan over to your left. So you've got this 500 year old city and then you look ahead of you and it's just open ocean. Yeah. And it's that just, sounds awesome. ugh, it's the best. <laughs> God, I can't wait to go back there and visit. But paddle boarding, great workout. Boogie boarding, also a good workout. Yeah. If you live somewhere with ocean, you have a multitude of ideas for things that you can do for mm-hmm. fitness. Another one of those is open water swimming. 
Uh, you can do that in a lake anywhere too, yeah. but like with hiking, you need to know exactly where you're going because getting lost isn't any fun. Make sure you don't get too far out from land because getting stuck sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could do just a straight open water swim. You could snorkel, you could scuba dive. Snorkeling, it was a workout that I I didn't know how much I loved snorkeling until I did it yeah. the first time. And then I, I finished and we went home and I was like, I fucking love this. This is awesome. <laughs> um, it can... It can be a great workout. Um, yeah. If you ever get the chance to do it, do it. Because you get to take in great ocean life. You get a swim. And you also get to work on your yoga breathing while you're wearing a snorkel so you don't hyperventilate. Right. <laughs> and you don't have to have an ocean to do this either. No, you can, you can do this snorkel anywhere. Um, we're landlocked in Nebraska. I maybe see the ocean maybe if I'm lucky once every couple of years. But you can do open water swimming obviously anywhere yeah. in a lake. Just, I mean, probably not a river. Yeah. <laughs> Don't swim rivers. Rivers yeah. are unpredictable. They too. are very unpredictable. Um, another one of my, this is one of my favorites is trail running. Um, just like some of the other me- methods that we mentioned, um, know where you're going. Make sure that you have good shoes, of course. Um, I Like I said, I love trail running. It's it's beautiful. It's peaceful. Um, we've got some really awesome trails here in Omaha. Yeah, my favorite do. spots are uh, Lake Zerinsky. I love Stanley Bear and Chalco Hills is one of my favorites. Uh, there's so, it, it the scenery on Ch- it, at Chalco Hills changes. Like you could be on one quarter mile part of it, and then the next quarter mile is completely different. It's really pretty out there. Um, they're beautiful for their own reasons, and they're each independently challenging too. Yeah, they're all different. Zerinsky, I have a lot of friends that run Zerinsky for the heel, the hills, I believe. Are there it's, hills? Is it hilly? It's not too hilly. Um, it is windy. That's what it is. Okay. That's yeah. I was like, somebody, I have There's, several friends that do it for some reason. There are a couple big hills there. Um, I'd say probably Standing Bear is more hilly okay. than either of those two. Chalco's medium hilly, but also kind of windy. But you can also go off on a couple different paths, too. Anything in North Omaha or Northwest Omaha or West Omaha is going to be hilly as hell. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Standing bear, ultra hilly. Yes. Um, so we mentioned that CrossFit can be functional fitness. So we came up with a few ideas for you to use this year while it's nice outside if you want to get your fit on. And these are all things that you can do with no equipment um, mm-hmm. other than maybe like something to do step ups on. So you might need yeah. like a park bench. Yeah. Or, or like your, if you have a deck in your backyard, yeah. step up on the steps there. Yeah. So the first one is five push-ups, 10 sit-ups, 15 squats, and a 20-second sprint. You do that for three rounds. Rest between when you feel good, do it again. These are all for quality, not for time, because if you aren't used to doing wads, um, doing a wad for time for the first time ever, straight out the gate sucks. Lord. <laughs> it's the worst thing ever. Oh, my word. <laughs> um, another one could be if you're, if you're a big fan of burpees, which I'm not. I am. I like to tell people to do them, so, you know, <laughs> they are good for you. I just, ugh. They, I love them. They're the bane of my they're, existence. I think that the reason I love them so much is because they are challenging and it, inquire, it requires you to, it helps you, one, it helps you build your endurance, but it also ends up requiring endurance the better yeah. you get at them because you're probably going to add more on. Yeah. That's why I like them. You also have to have really good push-up form to do a burpee yeah. properly. Yeah. If you can't do a one-up, one-down push-up, don't fuck with burpees because you're not ready. You could do like the hop back. Yeah, you could do the hop back. your arms are straight. Yeah, you could do, uh, what do they call those? Are those, are those burp? They're like burpee jacks, kind of? Yeah, burpee okay. jacks. Yeah, you don't have to do the push-up. You could just do the down into the plank and then the back up into the jump. Mm. So 10 of those, 20 squats, 30 push-ups, 40 alternating lunges, and 50 step-ups for four rounds. Your legs will feel like fire. 
Jello. Yeah. Um, another one would be like 20 alternating jump lunges, which I don't freaking like those. I hate those. See, I don't mind those. I don't like those at all. Um, 20 sit-ups, 20 push-ups, 20 squats for three rounds. Um, another thing, and I actually like to do this when it starts, when I start training for any kind of running, whatever mileage that might be, are sprint intervals because it's great for your conditioning. It's great for endurance. Um, it's challenging. Could make it 100 meters, which is... Meters is weird. So 400 meters is a quarter mile. 1600 Uh is a mile. So it's like 0.1 would be a hundred meters. It's like up your, it's like a half a block. If I go, if I run the entire length of my block, starting at the corner house back and down, that's 200. So yeah, one length of a, one city block ish residentially is going to be between probably a hundred and 200 meters. And if you're just starting out with a sprint interval, so you're obviously sprinting. That's what a sprint interval is, but you're, you're going as fast as you can yeah. for that hundred meters, then walk a hundred. Or if yeah. you need 200, do that, but do that for like a half hour. It's a great workout. Yeah. Repeats are good for that. And if you want to figure out the the distance too, you can always just pull up Google maps. Yeah. Cause they can measure it for you as well. That's what I did yeah. one day. I just like, I took the run mapper and I drug the little, cause it's got a little movable pin and I was like, all right, we're going to take this street and then we're going to yeah. turn over here. And the I'm Strava like, oh, cool. app is also really good for yes. that too. That's free, I believe. It is. So that's yep. a good one. If you have Fitbit, I don't think it matters what you have now. It used to be tied to Fitbit, but if you have any smartphone or any sort of smartwatch, I believe you can download that. It's good for running. It's good for biking. It's good for swimming. Yep. And I think that's... There's a couple... There's like hiking in there too and yeah, stuff. Yeah, GPS but pri- stuff. Primarily, it's hiking, running, walking, yeah. swimming, sprinting. Okay. So some workouts you can track in there, not all yeah. of them, but it can be a good... It's a fun way to be like... Hey, I got out and did stuff today, friend. Are you going to go out and do stuff today? Right. You know, just kind of sure. push your friends to, to be less, less not fit every now and then. Hey, even fit people need that. Yeah. I need, that's what we're for. <laughs> hey, have you worked out today? No. Are you going to, or maybe I'm on round two. What are you doing? <laughs> I took a month off. I can't do two a days right now. I might die if I do that. Functional fitness isn't as complicated as a lot of people make it out to be. And like we've been told many times in our lives, keep it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, that's if I had sage life advice for anybody, God, how many times have I been told that? Yeah. Hey, you're overthinking it. Just go do the thing. So if you have questions, we usually have answers. Hit us up. Hello at meatheadtestkitchen.com. Find us on social media everywhere at Meathead Test Kitchen on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, MTK staff on Twitter. And now that the spring weather is upon us, get outside and enjoy it safely. If you have been vaccinated, you're probably good to be out and do that stuff. Uh, if you aren't yet, take a mask just in case. Mm-hmm. Safety first. Or yeah. don't, whatever. I mean, <laughs> I'm on the side of science, but if you yeah. don't agree with science, obviously we are on the side of science. This yes. is a podcast about fitness, which is right. very heavily based on science. But if you're not, that's up to you. Right. <laughs> we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Um, follow, rate, subscribe, review. Find us on every platform you find your podcasts. And until next week, MTK out. out. Join Sadie and Sasha every Monday, helping to make your fitness and nutrition journey suck less. MTK. A Huda Media Production.